Welcome back, everyone, to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are a show that takes a behind-the-scenes look into the gritty, non-glamorous life of aircraft maintenance. We share some laughs, impart some wisdom, all in hopes of giving you that split-second relief in your day that can hopefully prevent a mishap. I am your co-host, Six. I'm MBP. And our third host, Shoreline, is here again in the back, silently monitoring our audio, making sure our faces stay fit for radio. So this has been a pretty heavy topic between the three of us and we've actually touched base on this on some previous episodes like uh how to interview how to tell when your bot your future boss is not necessarily being truthful and honest and then likewise from the other side of things when you're a boss trying to hire how do you tell if a candidate is actually up to par with what you expect of them and if they're actually a right fit for the role Uh, So today, we kind of want to talk about how do you tell when something's a red flag before the interview even comes, if that makes any sort of sense to anybody. And the reason why this has become an issue for us is because we've transitioned from one job to the next and possibly looking to do some of that here in the near future. And some of the stuff as we're applying, we're kind of grown a bit (laughs) at in our awareness piece and certain things we kind of cue on of how people say and how they say things and when they say it. <laughs> so, uh, t- so that today we kind of want to explore that. Like, how do we tell when something is a red flag before it even gets there in any step of the process, right? Whether it be before the interview, when the, rec- when a recruiter or say someone just kind of throws out a potential, uh, position, uh, when their interview is done, when they come to a job offer and so forth and so forth. Uh, so uh, a good one, let's start with like, say the pre-interview, like you're, they haven't given you an interview yet, but you're kind of feeling that vibe of like, this doesn't seem that right. And a good way to kind of tell like when that gut feeling or when that red flag starts to pop up is like, uh, say like they're very pushy about it. If that makes any sort of sense, like, they're like, come in, have an interview. It's okay. Just like 10 minutes of your time, five minutes of your time. It's only going to be an hour or whatever the case. Like they're really trying to push you to come to that interview. You know what I mean? Like um, I- I've seen it happen where they were just like ecstatic to have people come in. Like they were, they don't care how they're dressed, what they're dressed in, what time of day it is. They'll just like, just show up. We don't care. And normally you would well, think, hey, that- one. I don't know if I've ran into that situation specific i've ran into um all right so and most of you out there probably have a linkedin account and if you have your account set to you know open to uh you know job searches or or potential other employment uh i've I've been reached out by people and they said hey uh we have a great opportunity for uh you know it's a talent person right like a third party talent company and they're like hey for a client of ours, we have this great opportunity and your profile seems like a great match. We'd love to have uh, a further discussion with you. And you're like, okay, um, can you provide more information? Yeah, I can provide more information over the phone. Uh, when's a great time to call? And you're like, why Why can't you just email it to me? We're in the, today's day and age, like it's all through email. It's got to be in writing. Why, why can't you show me in writing? You can mm-hmm. only tell me over the phone. Yep. Right. So that that's a red sorry to cut you off, six, but like those are some red flags that I've ran into where you're like, Well, wait a minute. Why 
Why is it only over the phone? Yeah, I'd be happy to discuss these with you over the phone. Cool. Can you send it to me in an email? Because I, and you even put in there like, hey, I work in an environment. We're not allowed to have our phones in the area due to the, you know, uh, security restrictions and blah, blah, blah. So email is the best form of contact for me. Great. Is there a time before or after work? Uh, you name the time. You name you name the time. And that's another one, too. It's like, like that's where Six is saying they're overly excited. And you're like, okay, 2 a.m. You know? Yep. <laughs> 2 a.m. Let's talk at 2 a.m. Okay, great. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, I just don't understand why you can't. Why isn't there like a spreadsheet that this company has given you with all these benefits, details about the job, uh, a, a reference number or something I can look into? You know, so, okay, so I get past that. Okay, all right, let me try this. Something new. Let's do the phone call. So you get on a phone call, and they explain some things to you over the phone, but it feels very wishy-washy or mm-hmm. like they're not confident in the information they're telling you. But then I go, okay, peace to that or whatever. Uh, it's a third-party talent company. They don't know the specifics of the job. So what's the, what's the title of the job? What's the company? Blah, blah, blah. Hey, great. Thanks for giving me that information. Let me go do some research and I'll get back with you. Yeah, great. Please do. So you end the conversation. You go and research the company, the position, and and you start going, okay, well, let me read, you know, let me read up about the company, benefits offer, careers. Let me see if this position's even on their careers page. Uh, in some instances, no. And in some instances, yes. But then you start research, okay, and then you start researching like the reviews online. And this one company, like the employees were trashing, or you know, current employees or former employees were just, uh, I mean, there was not one positive thing to say. One positive, I'm like, that's interesting. And then, um, and then some customers even said, yeah, it won't work with this outfit again due to uh, their, you know, keep blowing through scheduled uh, agreed upon timelines and Ooh. budget restrictions. Jeez. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, whoa. Okay. So then I get back with the recruiter and I say, Hey, some follow up questions. Have you, are you aware of this? Cause I'm like, you're trying to promote a bit. I know they paid you to do this, but like, are you aware of these X, Y, Z? And I put out this whole big, long email and Cooley was like, they're never going to contact you after that. And I was like, that's okay because there, I don't think there's a, any chance in hell I would go work for this place after reading what I read. Mm-hmm. And but I but I followed up. I did what I was going to do with the recruiter and uh, Kool Aid hit the nail on the head. I to this day have still never heard back from them. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those. And, and, and mind you, everybody, right through the LinkedIn side of things, uh, a, a lot of it recently has been big scam, big time scamming. Yep. Uh, so just be mindful of that and be careful what you put in your profiles and what you discuss with these people. But I've had some recruiters there. I'm like, Hey, can you give me more? And they'll give you out a whole rap sheet of stuff. And you're like, all right, this one's probably pretty legit. But any of the ones are like, nah, I would love to have a discussion. You're like, I just feel like, uh, emails, how we do business anymore. And it would be super nice if you could just put something in writing. Right. And then that's exactly what I mean, too. Like, they're very enthusiastic about it. If it's not a scam, it's, I mean, most times it is a scam. But if it's not, it's usually because you have like a, you have a recruiter or a team of recruiters who are paid by the minute to produce leads, right? And 
Oh, I didn't um, think about that. You know, wow. so, okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, the only reason why I know this is because I've, I've done the time uh, working with recruiting teams and that's like their, that's their thing. Like uh, however many leads that they have to generate or however many leads they have to contact or however many leads they have to just feed into the system to create new business. That's more or less what a recruiter does. There's some positives. Don't get me wrong. There's some great positives to recruiters. And if you have a great recruiting team, you'll get your person who can do the job, do it better, take you to the next stage of life. 100% positive. I've seen it happen. But if you get some ones like that who are very wish-washy or they're very enthusiastic to just put you on the hook, you already can, as MVPs mentioned, you can already tell that's Mondo red flag. This is just a person who just needs a number on their board. This is a person who just wants to have that check in the box that they've produced the lead or. Well, produce. it feels like when you go to a used car lot. Yes. Sign here. Sign here. Sign now. Sign now. Don't even think. Sign now. Sign now. And you're like, what the? Wait a minute. I'm not just going to blindly sign something. Why are you? Why are you so pushy on this? Yes. They're trying to sell you a lemon. Yes, exactly that. Right. Or like uh, you show up for the interview and it's they're already talking to you like you already bought it. Right. Like, so, okay, so hey, like, uh, uh, show up at this time, we'll get all this uh, situated, you'll get your first this and that, or whatever the case, like, whoa, time out, like, I didn't sign up for anything, I just said I'm gonna show up, right? Why are you dumping yeah. so much of this stuff on me already, as if I already took it? That's so funny, so I've only ran into that once in my life, and that was very recently, but it was over the phone, and they were like, yeah, so here's the pay, um, if that all, you know, here's this, here's that, if that all sounds good to you, uh, we can get you over the paperwork and sign and this and that and the other, and you're, and you're, you're ready to go. And you're like, I, I haven't even come to your facility yet. I haven't even done an on-site interview. I haven't even got to tour the place. I haven't, you still haven't answered my questions that I had before. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now. For most ones, this is mostly targeted for ones who are either brand new to a job, like this is your first couple of times doing a job interview slash job offer, or like you're one of those who are kind of like in transition from one job to a net to another one. Whatever your qualms are, whatever your motivations for doing this transition, that's a that's your thing. But those are the ones that that are specifically targeted, right, by a lot of uh, lead generating teams like this, right, and. The reason why they want to dump all that on you is because it's kind of like, well, if I give you the final offer up front, it's you kind of have almost it, it's uh, how do we say they're trying to speed you along so we can get you to sign while you're in the high of the moment instead of having to sit with it and think with it and not buy it. Right. Or buy into whatever they're selling. I swear, man, like this is like a hardcore, like like used car salesman technique. <laughs> uh, so, so with that, right. So for them to do that. And correct me if I'm wrong, there must be a commission behind that. Like if you if we get you to agree to sign to this, we get so many X amount of dollars that we can pocket, you know, that the recruiter can pocket um, for getting you to sign on board with whatever company. Right. Or, or it could also be just mean like they get to keep their job too. Right. Cause uh, there's, there's some recruiting teams that, you know, they're only hired for a certain amount and if they don't produce, then they fire them. So like, it could also be on the recruiter's end too. Like, oh fuck, you know, like I got to get somebody in now so I can keep my job and fe feed people, you know, and stuff like that. So it, it could very well be either or, right? But just for everyone out there, man, like just be wary of this stuff. And if they're like so enthusiastic, like, 
next to no effort on your part, either A, you're smoking good at what you do and they're just like dying to get you. But even at that point, it's like, oh, time out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay, I'm okay with kind of speeding through the process, but you kind of have to at least like walk me through the steps, you know, like give me, answer my questions when I ask, give me the lowdown of what the facility is, what the job entails, uh, X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? Like lay it down for me. If you see stuff like that, man, a huge red flag. Pfft, thanks for your time. <laughs> right. Or like, mm -hmm. or, uh, in some case, like, why are you so enthusiastic? Right. Like, it could very well be that the position that they're trying to fill is very um, cyclic. <laughs> like they burn through people like that yeah, fast. The attrition rate's super high. That's it. Attrition, man. I was having a hard time figuring that word out. <laughs> <laughs> my, my grammar wasn't working right. Uh, what is that called? Attrition. Yeah. Yeah. So the attrition rate for there might be super high. Like uh, some uh, airlines are like that. Like they're, you'll always seem like they're always hiring. Like, why are you guys always hiring, man? Like you're like, like clockwork you're always hiring at this point is it because like uh you you're very good at predicting when certain people are going to retire you're very predicting of what new sites are going to open up or you're just trying to can can give yourself a bank of people to pull from when people start leaving because you burn them out you know that's another uh sign of that okay like what's what's your guys attrition rate like what's your layoff rate like of course, they'll probably never tell you that, but you could, if someone is like, has that cyclic of a rate, it's kind of sort of like out there in some shape or form, usually in the news or, or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. Or it's one of those where you're like, wow, this position seems excellent. I, I can't believe, you know, and, 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 and maybe this is my self, uh, ruining mindset sometimes, but it's like, I, I nobody who currently works here wanted this or okay peace i sometimes it is nice to bring in new blood yes. right to mix things up a little bit but then i start going i'm like but you know i kind of shot for the moon when i applied to this i'm very surprised i'm very surprised they're entertaining me mm -hmm. and so you're like okay maybe i am really good and you're like or something is missing here i'm missing something right what about this? It's too good to be. And you know the old saying, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. And and uh, that kind of goes into another point. Like when your gut, yeah, everyone has some kind of like a, a spider sense, a gut feeling, if you will, about certain issues like this. Like this, uh, as MVP said it, like this seems too good to be true. This seems too much of a good thing. What am I missing? If your gut is telling you something's amiss, there probably is. And... Uh, the sad part is some places they're really good at sweeping things under the rug, right? Um, that they, they put on, they only put certain people uh, in your vicinity, you know, to kind of entice like, Oh, okay, this is good to go. This is great. Everything's fine. And then once you're finally in the thick of things, like you finally committed, that's when you start understanding like, Oh, okay. Got it. This is like the, the roped off section where they take all the new kids, you know what I mean? So like they don't walk, go past the the tourism rails you know what i mean <laughs> uh, yeah kind of like in disneyland you know like they have the rails so you don't climb up the props and stuff <laughs> like no no don't go there this staff only <laughs> event staff only <laughs> or like the lion king what's that shadowy place over there 
Oh, you, you must never go there. Don't ever go there. <laughs> that's that's where all the mechanics hang out. Don't go there. <laughs> uh, well, one other thing too, or just kind of going to step two, like when you're kind of going through the interview process itself. Um, we've kind of touched based on this in previous episodes, but just to kind of refresh everybody and ourselves about this is when they start um, kind of hold, holding your hand throughout the interview, you know what I mean? Like a, they're trying to guide you to only ask certain questions or they sometimes don't even give you a chance to speak, right? Um, this, this happens on, I think this happens a, f- a fair amount of times, at least the ones that I've seen, like they're very direct. They's like, they, they ask you enough just to get a yes or no response out of you or they, you can kind of see them physically tune out when you talk unless you say certain key words in their minds. Now, in some cases, you know, like that can be on the interviewer side, like we've heard the same story in different iterations over and over and over. It's kind of boring. That part I get. But uh, if you kind of get the ones where like they just like, dude, just shut up and sign the dotted line. Your your souls are ours kind of thing. That right there is a red flag or they make certain comments about certain things or they really just. Um, uh, or they're talking to you through somebody that you know yes that's it Uh, if that makes sense like uh like you you know conversations happening because your your friend or colleague or whoever you know former colleague or whatever they're feeding you information but they're telling you what the bosses are saying Mm -hmm. and you're like that's why would they it's like okay well they can't reach out directly maybe because that's a conflict of interest but so they're they're going through a third party, but then mm-hmm. some of the stuff the third parties are laying, you're kind of like, well, cool, I appreciate the help, but why? Yeah, you know what I mean, like why the help? And you, and you're like, not that I'm unappreciative of it, but very very strange because you've never been the, from my knowledge, you've never been the one to do those kind of things. But then like some of the comments they make and you're kind of like, well, wait a minute. It feels like it feels like now that they're air quotes doing me a favor and that I, I owe them something. It's like, well, don't, don't, don't do me no favors, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, I would like to get this under my own volition and my own skill set. If I'm not the right person for the job, then just say so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. I've been, I've been denied before many yep. times, you know? Yep. So again, it's like I'm, I appreciate the the insight and the info, but don't make it feel like it's a it's a I owe you one now because uh, I don't want that either. I'm either qualified or I'm not. Right. Uh, I've also had seen some where the interviewers they respond with very vague, almost Stafford wife like perfection. You know what I mean? Like uh. Hey, how's that? How's work life here? Oh, work life is fantastic. You know, here, here at this company, we value everyone as family. You know, they're just really trying to dodge the question, but still kind of sound like a infomercial. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or it kind of sounds like a scripted response. Uh, I'm pretty sure everyone has heard, has heard this at some point in time. Like it just sounds too perfect of an answer. It's very vague, but it's also too perfect. Like, yeah, I don't I don't, I don't see how you're coming up with this. Right. And and then sometimes, you know, when you, when, when you, when they ask that question, they try to guide the, the, the 
the discussion into a different direction. You know what I mean? Like they just kind of you they gave you a response and they expect you just to kind of sit with it and be good with it and then they move on when you still have questions to go about. <laughs> um, I I've seen many of them try to do that and I'm pretty sure like uh, some individuals that might have gone through something similar or um you have um sometimes you have uh, interviewers where they kind of talk like you've already got the job and they already kind of start talking about uh doing some uh some work what do they call it? it it's it's like in a job description where they say like uh and other duties as directed or some shit like that right it's like kind of like their vague way of saying like you're gonna do everything we want when we want when we say you will do it kind of thing you know what i mean yeah and so to add to that though i almost almost every company out there now that i've seen always has that caveat there and other duties as as required or as needed or mm -hmm. on an as needed basis. Um, and that's just, you know, okay, you have a, a manager above you, they get sick and they're out. So guess who gets to do their job now too? You know, sometimes it's not always bad, right? You can always grow and they say, okay, well, so-and-so went out sick and you've been doing their job for the last six months. Um, they're now medically unable to return. So uh, sometimes that'll work in your favor. Hey, we're going to bump you up now into that role and then we'll backfill you since you've already been doing the job. But oftentimes it just turns into you staying at the same pay grade and now you get to do two jobs. Yep. <laughs> uh, this is the unfortunate side. And, and you know, it's, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm whining and complaining, but that is, I think we all know that is the reality of many and if not all companies, right? Uh, yeah. Keeping the overhead down while still maintaining the same level of uh, output and production. Right. And it's business, right? It's just business. So sometimes you have to think of it at that mindset, like they're screwing me over. Yes, but it is just business. And so that's why you see uh, the attrition that we had talked about. And that's how these conversations like we're having now come about is that you go, okay, well, if the thing, if the tangibles are no longer there for me in this position, I have to find those tangibles somewhere else. Yes. Right. And I'm going to speak a little bit about the part where you talk about where, uh, you start taking on other work, you, you and I, and a, and a bunch of other friends, we used to joke amongst ourselves where at least say something like, uh, uh, my job has this cool thing where if I get good at doing mine, I get to do someone else's, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, and also I would say to add to this, right, is be, oh, be value added. Yes. Like do the job when, when the criticality of it matters, but don't do it so often where it because you become too expensive to replace. If that makes any sort of sense. Oh my God. Get out of my head. <laughs> I legit had this conversation with somebody else today. Wow. Continue on. Sorry about that. Wow. No. So weird. No, I mean, like, so like what I mean by don't be too expensive to replace is like, say you, you want to be a, just a good person, a good performer, a good asset to your, your environment. Sometimes or another, you volunteer to take on extra stuff. Got it. Right. But then certain people start catching on and they start realizing, well, like, well, if MVP or six or shoreline or someone else, if they're one person that can do the job of three why would I want to get rid of them? Why would I want to promote them? 
when they do three jobs, three people's different jobs as themselves. So I, they've become too expensive to replace because if I were to like promote them or fire them or what, or transfer them out of my area, now I have to hire three different people to do that same amount of work. Yep. And so, and so now like, you're just kind of like in this spot where they feel like they just feed you enough to keep you happy to stay there and continue doing the job of three as one person. And they getting... don't realize that you're doing the job of three. Right. And then you and then they play to your values and ethics thinking like, well, if you don't do it, now you're letting X, Y, Z down. Now you're not being value added. Now you're just, you're just being a, a, a one instead of the outstanding performer that you've been. Now in certain environments, this matters quite, this, you know, it matters to be the one person of, who can do many things. Sadly, that doesn't apply everywhere. It has its benefits, don't get me wrong. But if you've become too expensive to replace, then you probably will work yourself into a corner where you can't get out of it. Or at least you won't get out of it without having some form of guilt. <laughs> uh, at least from my end, like I've, I've definitely felt some form of guilt. And then when you finally ex uh, call for that, that uh, how do I say, that equivalency in pay to output, they're going to tell you to go fuck yourself. Because you've been doing it, you've been making it work. Why all of a sudden you're trying to raise a stink about it? Well, because you you you're you've become the economical choice. You know what I mean? <laughs> you you're a per, you're a person of three being paid as one. Your your well, economy. Go ahead. Sorry, I was like your economy. You're fantastic. You're keeping overhead down for sure. <laughs> but at the expense of you, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, and where, where I am seeing a lot of this happen recently that what six is talking about everyone is in your 30 plus year employees. Uh, those individuals who have been with the company that long, right? Uh, they've, they've, you know, they, they've been around, they've made it up through the, uh, through the pay bands or if they're at the top of the pay bands, if they've been doing the same job for that long and, and they know the, the corporation, they know the business, they know the programs, they know how to operate and they know people, right? They know mm -hmm. who to contact, when to contact, how to contact for any and everything. So they're very valuable for their years of experience. However, they get to a point where they want change too, or they say, Hey, you know, I'm getting on close to retirement. I'd like to transfer out to this location um, and then spend out my last five years until retirement, right? Mm -hmm. And and they're just having the hardest time moving around and, and the company doesn't want to move them around. And the reality of it is, is because, well, it's illegal and nobody will say it outright, but it's ageism. Uh, yeah. Well, we don't want to hire somebody to do this job who's, five or less years to retirement. Like we want somebody who's going to be here for the long haul. Yeah. Like they, they have been here for the long haul though. They've already put in 30 plus years, you know, like, and like, yeah, but in this position. Yeah. But they're telling you, you, they're going to give you five years in this. So now, you know, now you can plan. They know they can take the first three years and get your program running solid and effective. And they can take those last two years training their replacement. So when they retire, 
the engine keeps running as smoothly and efficiently. Yes. You know, that's, that's how it's supposed to work. In my opinion, uh, that that's, that's how you do long-term sustained operations. But unfortunately they don't want to be, uh, they don't want to be given those opportunities because of their age. And, and then number two, they're either overqualified or they're too expensive. Yep. They, and, and those kind of go hand in hand. Uh, because you're very qualified, you should be, you know, you're supposed to be compensated accordingly because of your years of experience. Um, and so when they want to transfer out, a, out a, to another location, and I'm going to use, I'm going to use California to Texas, for example. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, very expensive cost of living in California. Texas isn't as bad. And also, if you're a veteran, like they, they don't tax, there's no income tax for you. In Texas. I believe so. Or and no. there's no state taxes, maybe, or something like that. Yeah. Anyways, sounds- if you're a veteran, you get, you get certain benefits to go there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it makes sense. They say, hey, you know, I'm getting older. I'm getting on to retire. I want to get back. My home state where I'm from is. Texas, so I want to get back there where my family's at, where my kids are, grandkids, X, Y, Z. And I'd love to, uh, and I'd like to get there, finish out my time and retire. Well, they say, well, we can't bring you, we can't transfer you over here. Why? Because you're already more expensive than our highest paid, our highest level individual in this location. Well, why am I being punished for that? Well, you're too expensive for us to, to, to bring here. So unless you're willing to take a pay cut and it's like, well, who would take a pay cut? I've worked 35 years to get to the pay I'm at and now I'm being punished because I make too much. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's very frustrating. And to see it on their faces too, right. Of these seniored, uh, individuals, how frustrated they are. But you know, if, when, when you talk to them that you can sense and you can hear the frustration, but at the end they go, but hey, I've played this game a long time, and that's just what business is. Yeah, sadly, you know? yeah, you're right, and that's a sad reality of certain places. I've also seen uh, other mechanics, for instance, they they get so much experience in, say, airlines A, and they decide for whatever reason to transfer to airlines B, whatever your motivations are, and then airlines B goes and says, like, that's f- cool, but here's your here's what your pay and benefits are going to be. And then it's like way less than what they were in Airlines A. And let's, for the sake of argument, say like there, there's little to no difference between A and B, just for the sake of it. And because there's actually been some real world shit like this, there's not a whole lot of difference between Airlines A and B. But Airlines B wants to go ahead and say like, well, we feel you're worth this much. And they're saying like, but why? I work on these models. I work on these. Here's my XYZ amount of experience. I should be making relatively this. And they say, that's cool if you worked with us for that period of time. <laughs> you know? So it might be some favoritism between different organizations, but I've seen it happen where like uh, re- there's their output, their flying style and their operations, all they're almost neck and neck the same. And the revenue is about the same, but they pay you less because you weren't an, an employee of that organization for the same amount of time. Like, 
what the shit does it matter, man? Like, I have worked on these same planes with this much experience, with this much knowledge, with this much whatever. It's proven that I can do X, Y, Z to the best of abilities. And for lack of a better metric, things have flown pretty smoothly. Why am I getting paid less? Right. And that right there is another red flag, too. You know, like if the if they're judging you based on what they feel was the model employee versus what you actually bring to the table. Another red flag, and just to kind of tangent off from what MVP and I were saying earlier about being too expensive to move. It's also kind of based on like, well, how loyal do you do you? um Shit, what am I trying to say? Like, how loyal do you come off as? You know what I mean? If you like, especially like if you're a job hopper where you've hopped from one job to the next and you're kind of not in the same spot for, say, 10 years, because it's happened. We, we ourselves, we've, we've hopped jobs probably like, yeah, I'm prime example of that. And I think it's finally catching up with me. Uh, same you know, j- hop in the job. And, and I think it's starting to catch up with me a little bit where some organizations are going, well, every three, every three to four years, you change positions. Well, why is the question, hey, why are you changing positions every three or four years? Like, what's causing you to do that? Yeah. Oh, that's a different discussion entirely, you know? Yeah. Uh, that nobody wants to have it. And, and you know, I've openly heard within the organization of that is, Hey, if you want to do this, like, you know, you're either overqualified for these positions or too expensive or whatever. It's like, so if you're for you to, to be able to make this jump into those, the transition to those roles, you're going to have to leave the company and then come back. Why? What? You know, I think it's like, they call your bluff, like ah, you won't leave, you won't leave and better yourself and do this and then come back. And you're like, Okay, but what? Why does it come to that though? Why am I not valued enough now to stay? To be able to stay, you know, right. because because and I've heard it from my own leadership. Uh, if you're not hungry for growth and opportunity, are you even human? Uh, okay, well, I'm hungry for growth and opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't exist here for you though. Well, why though? Yeah, if that's if that's what's considered a valuable trade trait and asset, you know, is somebody who wants to continue to grow and learn within the organization. Why would you not want to foster that? Exactly. Because it comes down to the almighty dollar. So many episodes we've talked about this. It all comes down to the dollar and they go, you, you can move into any position. Granted, you're willing to either take a lateral or, a, or a lesser pay or a very small incremental pay increase. But that's why we all strive for these other higher positions because we want growth. And and I don't think most of us care about a title, at least speaking for myself, I'll be, I'll be an, the elephant poop cleaner, you know, at the zoo. Um, if the pay is right. You know, I'll scrape gum from underneath the tables in a restaurant if the pay is right. I don't care about the title. What we all want is the pay because, as we all know and are experiencing, the cost of living is going up. And so we have to do what we can to try to average out as best we can. We'll never keep up with it, but to try to close that gap as much as we can so we can maintain 
the same lifestyle that we're living. And I'm not saying we're all living extravagantly either, but what, you know, for my kids just to do activities, like the cost of those keep going up, but I don't want to deny my kids those experiences. And I also don't want to keep having to eat out of savings for them to do their activities. So you have to do what you have is necessary to move around and get that additional pay. So it all sort of levels out and, uh, and, and your annual 3%, they call it merit. We'll call it cost of living increase. Uh, just doesn't hack it. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, and also too, uh, uh, kind of going to the intangible side, if the job itself is not like, uh, giving that excitement no more right if the job growth is not there then some people are fine like i don't i, I don't care about moving i just want to turn wrenches i just want to get dirty and fix airplanes or whatever your job is totally fine 100 cool right but as we kind of sort of alluded to in the previous like uh, 30 year employee like when this is no longer tan when the tangibles are no longer there like the the pay and benefits or like the job fulfillment or the you know, like the stuff that keeps you going when those are not there, like what's really the line in the sand where like, okay, like tangibles are not here. The job itself is starting to change around. Like when do I call it quits? Right. <laughs> and then, well, okay, let's use that then. Right. So let, let me compound off of that a little bit. So you've probably heard a lot of the older generation say, well, you kids have no loyalty. Mm-hmm. You have no loyalty to a business. You just hop around from one job to the next and it's going to catch up with you. Yeah, it's catching up with me, as I just said. However, I've been given nothing to be loyal about. Oh, you get a paycheck, and I'm supposed to be loyal because I get a paycheck? So you can you can make my life a living hell otherwise, but because you pay me, uh, I should get I should devote my next forty years to you. Yeah, that's that's not that you know that that's not uh doesn't work for me so in talking with the older generation uh you know they say oh you have no you have no loyalty okay well why did you stay in a company for 37 plus years and then decide to quit and move on to another business oh well the company wasn't the same anymore really well well can you explain to me well yeah so i worked for this company for 37 years uh every two years they gave me a company vehicle a uh, brand new company vehicle, so I never had to pay for a car. Uh, they also had a company gas card, so the company paid for the fuel as well. The only fuel I had to pay for maybe is like the one time a year we went on a family vacation. Okay. Uh, also, uh, we had a pension, and our health care was 100% paid for by the company, so none of that came out of our paycheck. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, and then, you know, the company changed. They took away the company vehicles. Well, to a degree, uh, they, they, we had to go buy our own vehicles. Uh, but the company paid for only 75% of the car note and, uh, and they stopped paying for, uh, gas that wasn't, that was under a work trip, uh, 50 miles or something like that. One direction. Also the, we had to start paying for our own insurance and then you know we had to uh uh whatever else so so you say okay so you left because all those tangibles that made you want to stay oh then they did away with the pension and all we were left with was a 401k so we had to transfer our pension into the 401k 
all right. So, so what I'm hearing is, is all those tangibles that made you stay there for 37 years, once those were taken away, the place was no longer worth working at. And so you went to whoever paid you more. Yeah, great. Well, I came into the workforce when all those tangibles didn't exist anymore. And it just comes down to whoever pays more. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, know, uh, and then and then talk about work-life balance, right? So in my current position, I have a great work-life balance. But I feel like I don't contribute much. Like the days are long. And some people are saying, wow, MVP, like, sounds like you have a relatively easy job. I'd love to have that. Yeah, I'm very fortunate for the job I have, okay? And, and, and I, I agree to that. But if I'm going to have to be working for eight to 10 hours a day, I'm not saying I want to be balls to the wall, wanting to blow my brains out busy, but I'd like to feel like I was useful. Value yeah. added, as Six said a little while ago. And, uh, and so while it's a double-edged sword, right? Great work-life balance, uh, relatively easy job. However, and I'm left alone. That's a great part, too. I have, I have like zero oversight. But all that's a double-edged sword. Because of that, I'm left alone. So I'm not recognized or acknowledged for anything that happens. So when promotions and pay increases come around, it's either non-existent or the very bare minimum. And while if I was maybe a 30-plus year employee, I might be okay with that at that point in my career, I still have a very long way to go until I get there. Yep. So I'd like to make as much as I can while I can because Lord knows that the retirement age has already moved to 67. And by the time six or I get there, it'll probably when you die in your chair. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it'll be non-existent. So. Yeah. Uh, totally, totally agree there. And uh, to kind of speak of this too, about like being useful and feeling trapped and whatnot, uh, we've actually seen some, or at least I have, I seen some mechanics who all their life, all they done was work helicopters. That's all they know. That's all they feel. That's all they understand is helicopters. And then, but the end, and it, it's similar to fixed wing guys, like commercial airlines and stuff where like it has the same kind of gripes. It's just a little bit different because helicopters is such a small community in of itself. So you kind of get the same, uh, rigmarole of talent, just kind of eating like sustaining itself by eating part of itself for lack of better terms. Right. And for someone to kind of escape that ring, to kind of try something new it's almost like you're betraying the community when you do that right like why are you quitting helicopters why you're gonna just be useless and just be just another wrench turning things on a fixed wing plane you know like it's the community they're, they're all about you progressing and moving until it's time for you to progress and move if that makes any sort of sense and uh there there's there's some communities too that are really open and about you just kind of progressing and moving on doing bigger better things but there's also a small minority where like they really just kind of sew it into you like this is your life this is what you're supposed to do kind of thing or they get real um uh for lack of better words bitchy when you uh class up <laughs> in your in your lifestyle whether it be professionally or personally and some just can't hack that like you're supposed to be miserable like the rest of us like i'm sorry but no <laughs> right like just kind of like the example like why you move after 37 years like well this is why i want to move too like I want to progress. I want to do better. I want to like not hate myself when I come to work <laughs> and that kind of, that's in, in a summary of things. That's how we ourselves and why a lot of people who job hop do it. It's not because they 
I just I wanna just be a freaking rolling stone. It's because like I I've gained or we've gained what we wanted out of a company. We've helped them as best we could. And it was either just the right time, the right situation, or there was the wrong the wrong time, the wrong situation that had to make us move. And I think that should not even be put against you unless it's like you've had a long stint of unemployment and you can't explain why. Like, why were you not employed for the last 10 years? Oh, it's because I was going to school getting my triple doctorates or some shit, you know, <laughs> versus like, well, you know, I kind of had a little thing with drugs and then um, I got arrested and I was gone for 10 years. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, maybe that me might that might be a red flag there. But at the same time, you know, like, uh, those kind of questions, the those kind of questions shouldn't really be held against you unless it's like some super legal stuff, you know. But uh, I might have gone on a big tangent on that, but whatever. <laughs> um, so uh, you're kind of like between jobs. You're kind of starting to get the job off, or you're kind of in the stage of getting a job offer. At some point, you know, like it's kind of like um, we've all kind of been there with the job offers in our hands and it's kind of like, well, if I say no, then I kind of just wasted everybody's time kind of thing. Or, um, you feel like this is all you're going to get. This is all you're going to do. There's like kind of doubts about the culture, the compensation or the new challenges. And, uh, you kind of start wondering if you're doing it for all the right reasons. Right. I don't know. Maybe I feel like that with every job opportunity, uh, job offer I get, like sometimes oh. it looks, you're 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 in my head again right now because as we've had offline discussions, I mean that's you're you're speaking exactly what I'm thinking. Like, am I am I am I doing this for the right reasons? Is it because is it only money? Is it growth? I mean, I'm told it would be more money, but how much more? Okay, and then is they say there's growth, but I was also told in my current position that I'm in that there would be growth too. And that's, that's not existing either. So I guess anybody can tell you anything. And so what do you have to go off of? I guess all the only thing I can do is at least I'm getting more money, but, right. but then again, there, there, there in lies those uh, uh, tangibles. Okay. It's more money, but it did my day, my work-life balance just get blown to smithereens, you know? Yes. Yes, exactly. Right. Like what am I sacrificing for this higher money? In my cases that I've had, um, some of the stuff that I had to weigh out or I didn't realize until I was like one foot in is yeah, you get paid a lot, but a lot of, but that's kind of making up for the lack of other stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're paying you this much, but our, our medical insurance is trash. Oh, we're going to pay you this much, but you got to commute two hours one way to work or some shit like that. You know what I mean? So like, uh, the negatives kind of offset all the positives, but it's not something they readily address when they tell you that. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, okay. Or it's kind of like, you know, like here's the job offer. It's a great opportunity. Figure out the rest. I'm like, uh, okay <laughs> and and that kind of goes into the lack of, of the excitement about having the opportunity like uh sometimes you know your ego wants to say yes to the job offer or the promotion but that's kind of like your only means right that's kind of like the only way you can kind of validate the worth of that is like is this is this a uh, job offer or a promotion is this just is this actually helping me or is this just feeding my ego? <laughs> you know? And oh sometimes, 
And sometimes, you know, you'll take the wrong job just because at that moment, it just, it just, it, it kind of sang to your pride. You know, like, I, I'm not gonna lie. I have to, I have to swallow a big time pill with that one. Cause I took a job where I thought, you know, like they've churched it up. Like you're going to be in charge of this. You're going to be, uh, highly promotable in this, you know, they, they start talking to you. Like you've already got the spot, like the higher, higher spot. And then once you finally show up, they're like, here's your mop. Here's your bullshit. Fucking get to scraping. I'm like, what the fuck? You know? And then you kind of, that's when you kind of sit with it. And I think, wow, dude, like, did I just do like a ego buy right now? Or, or did it, was the signs there and I just didn't see it? Or did they, were they really good at just suckering me in, you know? So it's, it's really hard to spot. Like, is it, is it just, is it really good for you? Or is it just good for your ego? Yeah, man, I, I tell you, I, I've been suckered to this like so many times, and I, for the ego thing is super interesting. I, I I'm having a moment of clarity right now, like staring at the wall. Hey, there we go, man. <laughs> like, like, am I, am I looking at a position based on ego? Because I, I say it's better money, and it's it's more in line with the career path that I want to go. Uh, and and some other things, but at the end, is it one of those where it's like all I want to do is feed my ego and say, yeah, yeah, I'm good enough to do that. Yeah, nobody else here thinks I'm good enough, but I can definitely do that. Oh boy, and wow. we're bl- we're blowing our own minds here. <laughs> we help each other out as we're as we're talking about this. It's freaking crazy. This I is why all this my weekly therapy session. Yep, man. This is why we do these things, man. Because in the midst of us like trying to help each other, we end up helping ourselves. It's kind of like reading back the answers to the test, and we're finally realizing we're reading the answers to the test. (laughs) 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 Hey, it's helping everybody. Uh, The ego thing just blew my mind. Yeah, I think cats. I I think that might be a good cap off point because I anything else is kind of just reiterating all the other topics, like lack of development opportunities, uh, seeing the new opportunity as more of a hardship than anything uh wrong time wrong wrong fit wrong context wrong situation whatever yeah i think the ego thing really just blew my mind i don't even know where that came from (laughs) Mo, but you're exactly right with the ego like uh all right well i've tried i've tried climbing this ladder of success within my own organization and i keep getting denied and turned down and nobody says why and blah 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 or I'm overqualified. Yeah, I am overqualified. I deserve to be in this role. And, and, but like, do you? Or should you? Okay, maybe you are. But should you? Again, are you selling yourself the the used car, the lemon? You're doing the work of the dealer dealer for them. Whoa. Yeah. And and also too, that's probably like how yeah, like um like how like you can get hooked in from that right like oh yeah they can just really just feed that that pride right or that ego like yeah man you're totally a great fit fuck that company you come work for us you're 100 percent able you know you might even be more right and just kind of feeds it more like yeah you know what fuck those dudes <laughs> and then uh, and then you realize it was all just smoke and mirrors like well fuck <laughs> well yeah, that's that- a hard part too right if anybody has worked for a place and left for whatever reasons and tried to go back. It's also one of those, like when they, when you're talking to the recruiter or HR or whatever, and they're telling you all these things and you're like, yeah, I also know, I also already know the bad parts of you. 
And then that starts making you second guess your decisions of why you're looking like, wait a minute, why am I? <laughs> why am I doing? Yeah, it's a different position, different leadership than I was before. But like, is it though? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, round rounding things off, right? Because I, th- I think um, I just attacked myself pretty hard on, on that last one. <laughs> yeah, I feel kind of bad about myself right now. That, that, that's me to a T, man. I kick my own balls on that one. Because like, I've done many things, man, to appease my ego. Sometimes I didn't realize it at the moment, but um, it's it's one of those times where like I make the, the justification fit my pride instead of the other way around, you know, like stuff my pride in the I needed box and, instead of stuffing my I needed in my pride box, if that makes any sort of sense to people. I think I confused myself on that one. Anyway, <laughs> like, uh, anyways, what he means is like, instead of trying to uh, find the need, you know, like what I actually need, I'll try to make the wants turn into needs. Like I try to fit that yeah. into like, I need this because I want it instead of I want it because I need it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. The, or I deserve this because X, Y, Z. Yes. Yes. And that, that's been a real growth lesson for me. <laughs> and I'm sure other people have felt that too. So uh, to ca- to kind of cap it off, or at least from my end, like, um, if whatever stage of the of the job process you are, be it the interview itself or the recruitment recruiting call, or you're kind of sitting with an offer and you're not sure if you should take it, or if you're you're kind of like in this I don't know where I am spot, and you're debating about leaving, uh, the first thing I would say to do is, for one, research the place you want to try to do, kind of research your skills too if you're a fit. And then just kind of really take a time to swallow that pill. I'm like, am I doing this for my ego or am I just doing this? Uh, or am I doing this because this is actually progressive, right? Like progressive yeah, career. Weigh out all the tangibles because like, you know, we all get in the position, we get in our own head and we're like, all right, I'm done with this position and this job and whatever else. But then when you start really contemplating the new position, it's kind of weird. You're subconsciously start thinking of the tangibles of your current position. You go, Oh, well I actually do like this part of it and this part of it and this part of it. Oh, those are some pretty good things that I would be giving up if I went and did this other thing. So, so mega pros and cons, you know, list. Um, if you have, if you're fortunate enough to have somebody like I do, uh, that I can, converse with on a daily and that being six about this kind of stuff uh mull it over with them get that get that unbiased opinion you know? yes most def it, def it definitely does help someone who who's been in a similar situation but not exactly in yours because it kind of can give like a different assessment say and then also like uh if you if your gut's telling you red flag at some uh, you know you gotta have to give it its time like, eh, this doesn't feel right to me, man. Like, uh, something about it's just not sitting right. It's probably right. It's it's probably a a, a good indication. I mean, sometimes especially it could- if it's been a few weeks and that initial gut feeling hasn't really gone away. Right. Um. I mean, it could also be like anxiety to to anxiety for the future. But there there's there's a kind of a difference between butterflies and like, eh, man. Like, I feel like I'm stepping into a bear trap in this one. That, that that's a pretty good indicator right there and then likewise know your know your worth know your skill set know what you're you're capable of so when someone comes through you and say this is how it is this is what it's going to be this is what um 
we're going to do for you is does that measure up to what you're capable of doing you know yeah and 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 if you have questions right as you're going through this process and you have questions that you're like oh i need i want to ask the recruiter this and i want to ask them that write those down make Mm -hmm. sure you write those down and even even and some of them are probably going to be uncomfortable but at least you'll know up front um and, and that'll also help you make a decision hey yeah, I'm interested, but I have some questions. Great, what are those? And you lay them out, and if they kind of like tiptoe around them or don't answer them, you know, uh, seemingly truthful or kind of just ignore them altogether and try to sweep them off to the side and distract you with uh, smoke and mirrors, um, that kind of gives you insight as well. Like, okay, so, you know, they're 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 okay if they're not being truthful with me now what's it going to be like if i go there right exactly uh any final thoughts on anything mvp i think i kind of blew my own brain and i'm kind of lost for words here (laughs) yeah um best thing i can tell you is don't don't make any hip fire rash decisions have a conversation um with a trusted friend you know, or, or counterpart or whoever. And, uh, really just, just weigh out the pros and cons. And I'm not telling you, like, even if you have that bad gut feeling, I'm not telling you not to go through the interview, still go through with it anyways, because, you know, for one, it's good practice, but two, uh, you might get some more insight into the, the job than was given over the phone initially. Right. Yes. You can be there on site. You can kind of see the facilities and the situation. You can kind of look at the people and see, hey, are they moving with purpose or do they look like beat dogs? You know. Yep. Um, and 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 ask those same uncomfortable questions in the interview. Hey, you you seem when they go, hey, you seem to jump around, jump around a lot. Yeah, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Are you guys going to be the same thing? Oh, yep. so if we brought you on, you're pretty much telling us you're going to be gone in two to three years. Yeah, if you operate how any of these, how any of these situations I've given you already, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, and if they say, "All right, well, this seems like this probably won't be the job for you," be be rest easy knowing that it probably wasn't the job for you. Yeah, you know, very very good point. You know, if they can't answer those questions, they feel uneasy. Hey, m- maybe it really isn't. Maybe it really isn't, and so you kind of just dodge the bullet by being upfront and truthful right don't be a total yeah. dick don't be a total yeah, dick if, about it and if you yeah don't be a total dick but just you know if they come to you and say uh you know hey you were here before and you left or oh you seem to move around jobs uh every few years uh what's up with that oh and be truthful in your answers oh well you know i i left uh for this reason and since that time when i left i made these necessary steps and and did these things to improve my skill sets and enhance my, my, uh, my own person and build experiences. And now I'm here looking to uh, continue that, that pattern of growth and learning. You know, if they are like, well, we, we prefer somebody who'd be in this job, you know, 25 years. Great. Good luck on your continued search, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you didn't get the job. Cool. You still have a job now. You don't have a job. Obviously, things are a little different. You're going to kind of take what you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's always easier to look for a job when you have a job. And if you, you know, you answer truthfully and honestly, and like, Hey, we just don't think this is going to be the right, uh, fit for you. We're going to continue our search. Great. And, and your conscience is clear because you were honest. Yes. And you're honest, right? you're, you're honest to yourself about it too. Cause like, if you have to lie to yourself to just get a job just for sheer, out of sheer desperation, chances are you're going to sit with it and eventually you're like, man, I can't believe I got on my knees for this one. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cause I, I've done it too. I'm not going to lie. I've done yeah, it too. You're going to sit at your desk one day and go, what did I do? Yeah. The hell did I do to myself? You yes. Know? Yes. But hey, what do you what, tell us what you guys think, right? Like, have you ever ran into a position where you at any point in the job hiring process, be it your first time or your however many? Like, what was some of the biggest challenges you had to face? Did you have to swallow the pill of, uh, and appease your appease your needs versus your ego? Did you do a lot of jobs based on just your ego? <laughs> hey, let us know in the comments. Let us know on our social medias, our website or email. The absolute best way to get a hold of us is discord via patreon we have all sorts of conversations like this this is kind of like how we generate some of our our therapy sessions really <laughs> is through each other and through uh, discord so the best way to get have these with us is to get on that discord channel via patreon but hey we appreciate all of you guys for listening and we'll see you all on the next one bye everybody bye everyone we would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformaintenance.com. And we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at CANX for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership. And we will catch you all next time.